0: Hi everybody, you're listening to the new Dayton podcast. I'm your host, Chip James, and I'm setting out to shine a light on some of the amazing things happening in and around our great city. On the podcast, you'll hear from exciting people who see Dayton as a city of opportunity and are taking an active role in creating a new Dayton where small businesses and individuals can thrive. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's get to today's episode. yoga studios are one of the markers of a cool or hip town (laughs) a town that gets it or at least a town of people who understand the importance of breathing and movement so specialty coffee shops locally owned restaurants breweries and yoga studios when skeptics visit our downtown thinking that Dayton may be the sad town that they've heard about on the news they may be surprised to find such a chic forward-thinking yoga studio as the one you'll find at speakeasy i've personally practiced at both speakeasy studios and i'm honored today to chat with owner and instructor tori reynolds hi tori hi all hi. right so i have to be honest more than any other interviews for our downtown features in season one of the new dayton podcast i'm feeling a little nervous do you know why
1: i don't do you have any guesses? <laughs> i don't (laughs) all right so it
0: may not make sense but here's why and it's a little bit of a weird story hopefully it connects and makes sense okay the same way that i imagine maybe this may not be appropriate to say so we may cut it out but the same way (laughs) now you're like what's he gonna say (laughs) it's not that big of a deal but the same way that like a recovering alcoholic may feel weird around a preacher That's how I feel around some yoga teachers, instructors, or anyone that has mastered the art of taking breath and flow off of the mat and into real life. So what I mean by that is you, you have this, like you have one up on me. Like you have this, you have this, this aura, (laughs) this glow. I have a great friend down in Florida who, who is a yoga instructor. He owns a studio. His name is Gus. Shout out to Gus. And he is like this rabbi because he just like, he takes it off the mat. Yeah. And when someone cuts him off in traffic, he just breathes and flows.
1: Oh, man.
0: And I haven't mastered that (laughs) yet. And so now I'm sitting with someone who I assume has, and I'm a little bit nervous. You shouldn't be. (laughs) So do you agree with me that you have mastered the art of sort of taking the practice, obviously, off the mat?
1: Uh, yes and no, because it definitely shows up in ways that help a lot throughout mm-hmm. the day in you know little situations like that. Right. But also no, because then I'll be in little situations like that, and I realize that I have not mastered it you at still all. Still have
0: work to do. Yeah, okay, yeah, good.
1: always. But luckily, that's why it's called practice. For
0: someone who doesn't practice yoga or mm-hmm. or quote unquote do yoga. Tell them what we're talking about. So when I say take it off the mat, what does that mean?
1: Uh, I would say taking the tools of the yoga practice beyond just an asana practice, which is, you know, doing the postures, Uh, taking all of those kind of ethical practices Mm -hmm. off and being able to put those to use Mm -hmm. in every interaction that you have.
0: Yeah. So I was watching, Mm -hmm. I watch the NBA basketball a lot when it's in season, it's out now, but uh, a very famous player was retiring recently, and he had to address the home crowd of like 20,000 people with a microphone. And he was very nervous. English is his second language anyways. Uh. He's from Germany. And he said on the mic, he was like, I'm trying to practice my yoga breathing, but I'm failing. <laughs> I was like, that, that
1: happens. is yeah. such
0: <laughs> a picture of me right there. Like I'm trying. To be calm, and yeah. trying to breathe through my daily stresses, but sometimes I feel like I'm failing.
1: That's so. the real life, though. I feel like that's uh, being really honest like that is more yogic than anything else. Okay. Being able being able to be present and acknowledge that there are struggles with that is. Yeah. I think, a form of yoga. Well, thank you. So
0: that's why I'm nervous, but maybe now (laughs) I can push through it.
1: Yeah, I think you'll be good.
0: I have read a little bit about you and talked Mm -hmm. to some people who know you. It sounds like you maybe attended your first yoga class, maybe while at Wright State. Correct, yes. And so take me from, like sort of take me from attending a class, a yoga class at Wright State, to opening the first location of Speakeasy in February of 2016.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So I was at Wright State it was the summer that I was 21 Mm -hmm. I'm 31 now so it was 10 years ago this summer Uh, yeah actually it was really fun because my yoga teacher from Wright State was at my riverscape class last Saturday and I mentioned during class at one point about how I'd been doing yoga for 10 years and after class he even came up to me and said oh my gosh you mentioned the 10 year thing and I couldn't believe it had (laughs) been that long but uh, he really just really did a great job of, I guess, connecting with me at least as a student. The class that he was offering was something that I was kinda taken aback by how much I really liked it because Mm -hmm. I had tried yoga in high school and it just wasn't the right time, maybe not the right teacher. So I didn't go back until Wright State It was a six-week summer quarter class, Mm. so Monday through Thursday I had to get up and go to this 9.45 a.m. class. Yeah.
0: Wow, I wish I could do that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, when I was 21, partying at Wright State. No, I did not appreciate it the first couple weeks, and then it really started to sink in how much I liked it. And so after the quarter class ended, I it took probably about four months and was just practicing on my own when I remembered doing videos. And then I decided that I wanted to go out and find classes. Started going to yoga at the base gym at oh, the time because wow. um, I could still get on base mm-hmm. as a dependent at that point.
0: Family's military. Yeah,
1: yeah. retired. <laughs> um, retired for a while now. But I, was still, I still had access to that. So I found a great teacher that I really connected with there. She kind of led me to my first training she actually was going to a training out in tahoe Mm. in california and it was four weeks long and she kind of nudged me and was like you know you could go to part of this training as sort of a retreat type of Mm -hmm. thing and just get a better feel for what training might be like so Mm. i went for two weeks and roomed with her and it was a great experience Um, first time i had ever really done anything like that on my own yeah um and came home and immediately jumped into a year-long once a weekend
0: teacher training yeah
1: foundational training down in cincinnati um so i did that and that was pretty quick because i had only been practicing yoga for about a year at that point but i also started teaching right at that moment because someone that i had babysat for a few times Mm -hmm. i did a lot of babysitting right um someone i had babysat for was a fitness teacher at LA Fitness and she taught a bunch of different classes and she wanted to offload some of her yoga classes. Hmm. So I went in and auditioned knowing barely anything and for some reason they hired me. How
0: far into your training were you?
1: I was like a month into my training and actually I had not even Gone to training because I missed the first weekend because I had strep throat. Oh my! So, <laughs> so you're winging it was yeah, I was winging it. I had done those two weeks in Tahoe. I had mm-hmm. spent a lot of time with my teacher at the time, uh, but I I did not know what I was doing. And I walked in to interview for this one class, and I walked out with three.
0: Oh wow!
1: And yeah, I was a nervous wreck. My first class it was like my mom and two other people <laughs> at eight <8:15 laughs> fifteen in the morning on a Thursday or something. Uh. Uh, but uh, I did it, and by the end of that year, and by the time I got done with training, I was teaching up to 10 classes a week, and then I jumped right into my next training for my 500 hour, just because my foundational training didn't focus as much on actually teaching an asana class as I would have liked, hmm. so I found another training that really had that focus, so I jumped into that, and I completed that within a year too. two, but uh, during that time, that's when my now fiancé, Ben, and I mm-hmm. um, collaborated on mm-hmm. a music and yoga class. Yeah, Go With The Flow, yeah. where he builds the loop with his uh-huh. guitar and beatboxing and basically plays a consistent soundtrack. That the song never changes. It just ebbs and flows and kind of follows the class, and the tempo that he locks in with the looping station paces out the inhale and the exhale. So it kind of caught on like wildfire. So from 2012 to 2004, Fifteen. We traveled real hardcore. Yeah. Um, were
0: you sleeping in a van? Were you sleeping we in were. Hotels?
1: We were staying mostly with studio owners or other teachers or community okay. members from each studio or uh, you know event space that we got hired uh, mm-hmm. to collaborate with. But we traveled 150,000 miles by car. Wow, what's the
0: furthest (laughs) Uh, distance you went?
1: We twice went all the way up to Vancouver, Canada, and then down the west coast to Southern California, and then back across. So the first time we did that, it was about a nine to 10 week trip. And oh. that was the first summer before we were even really dating. Um, I, uh, yeah. yeah. So that that was really Sounds intense. A good way to get to know
0: somebody. Yep.
1: Yep. Uh, well, actually, the first trip we ever did was two weeks, and my mom. I was like, yeah, go do it, I and mean, you'll definitely find out if you like him or not, because you're uh-huh. going to be spending a lot of time in the car with him, and we got back from the trip, and I was like, damn it, I still like him, uh-huh. but we did not start dating for another probably four months um, uh-huh. into that long trip, but we did that West Coast trip twice, and then we did just like the lower West Coast yeah. one time, which was another, you know, four, five week trip, wow. but typically they were about two to three weeks was kind of the sweet spot. And okay. I booked everything wow. myself. Um, I contracted everything myself. I learned how to run a yeah. mobile business. Business 101. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. And then I was walking into studios that I had never been to before teaching a group of people that I had never met before. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn very fast how to be as clear and concise with my teaching as possible, mm-hmm. uh, be as relevant as possible, easy to understand, easy to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that was probably the best training that I've ever Absolutely. had. Yeah, and we also saw about 300 studios. So wow. by the time um, we got back from our lower, you know, kind of Southwest trip that we did uh, in April, 2015, I was, I was feeling it. I was a, yeah. a little bit tired and um, I had someone kind of nudging me about opening a studio. I had yeah. a few people who kind of encouraged me to do it, but I would always say no, you know, kind of brush it to the side. But then that May, I was like, you know, I I feel like now might be the time yeah. and the other studio downtown was closing. Oh, I was like, there's going to yeah, there's going to be no yoga studio in this area, so we we started looking and we found the space in October and
0: You almost, almost the word lucky comes to mind, but not lucky. Like when I say lucky, I mean that you had that opportunity to gain so much experience, so much knowledge. It was almost like you were out doing market research. Like I
1: was. I mean, we would stay with studio owners, and you know, I knew a lot about the yoga community and how yoga studios worked differently. You know, different methods of running these businesses Um, because I worked at so many different studios just in the area alone, Mm -hmm. and they were so great to let me stay on the schedule when I'd be gone for two or three weeks at a time and then I'd come back and I'd still have a full schedule. So I worked for some really amazing people here but then we would go out on the road and we'd stay with different studio owners and we were kind of outside of their their bubble, you know, and so a lot of them would unload a lot of information or personal stuff that they were dealing with and it was always a really cool experience because we created some amazing relationships with people and it was a very like quick to trust type mm-hmm. of situations where we'd connect over something that you may not connect over every day because we were just traveling through. Right. Um, but I I learned so much from these oh. people and not just they weren't telling me just the good stuff. You right, know. Sometimes course. they would tell me the tough stuff that they were dealing with because right. I wasn't gonna go back to the studio and talk about it to right. any of their community. I was like I was you. like yeah I yeah. was a safe a safe space to say something and so. Uh, and I, I really can't even put into words how valuable that was because, yeah. like I said, I learned so much. And so when it came time to open Speakeasy, there was no no question that came up that I felt like I couldn't That's answer. Awesome.
0: Yeah, you were already yeah. like well seasoned.
1: Yeah, even in not even just the aesthetics, but also just how I wanted to formulate the schedule, mm-hmm. what I wanted to offer, how I wanted to run the team, even mm-hmm. the payment structure. You know, yeah. things like that. Um, it, it was really pretty amazing to know that I had all of that, that experience to pull from.
0: It's similar to many entrepreneurs who see yes. a void, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. sometimes we've talked about it with other folks on the podcast, and Brett from Press comes to mind. Yes. Because he, he has, in some ways, a similar story. Like, he traveled, mm-hmm. he, he, pr- he was purposeful about sort of researching this passion that he had for specialty coffee. And he, he came back to his home, to his town, yeah. Dayton, and he launched and said, yes. Dayton needs specialty coffee. I'm going to make it happen. Similar thought for you? Like Dayton needs, especially with the one studio closing? Yeah,
1: just like a, a niche mm-hmm. studio, you know, because um, there are the places in town that offer varied styles of yoga, which is great for someone who wants to try different mm-hmm. things and great for the person who regularly wa- regularly wants to have the option to do different styles of classes, but for me that wasn't that wasn't the most appealing way for me to practice. Right. I am more type A. I like to do something consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to have something that I can come back to, where it's not new and different. There right. might be different variations of it, or just enough variation to keep me interested, but it it is consistent enough that it makes me feel at ease. Right. And I think that that's a big thing when we're trying to take people who are coming into the studio um, from crazy, hectic days, right. or being in fight or flight mode a lot. We talk about you know the state of just the human nervous system these days is pretty out of control, mm-hmm. and how most of us are walking around in fight or flight mode and we don't even realize it. And one of the, um, one of the easiest ways to start to bring someone out of fight or flight mode is for them to know the routine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is for them to have something familiar that they mm-hmm. can come to, where they don't. It doesn't make them more nervous. Right. Because even walking into a, any sort of fitness facility or yoga studio at all can be kind of nerve wracking. Sure. You know, there, are definitely little. judging you. Yeah, there are little triggers everywhere. We're we're all human. Um, and going to a yoga studio, we hope that it can be different, but there, mm-hmm. it's not always, not always, you know, yeah. let's be real. Um, so if we give them this, like, really comfortable experience, not just within the space, but within the class and something that they can rely on, mm-hmm. uh, that, that is good. And that, yeah. that's, what, that's mm-hmm.
0: what I need, too. <laughs> yeah, maybe why so many people yeah. from all walks of life who seem to have their stuff together yeah. live a life of routine.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That it, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You know, It's nice to do some things differently from sure. time to time, but I think there's a reason why we do have our favorite coffee shops right. and our favorite restaurants and our go-to's, you right. know, people will talk to oh, that's my go-to thing. Yeah. And uh, honestly, press was a big inspiration for me. I, cool. um, I loved the way that they ran their business. I loved the fact that they did focus on the one thing that the niche, they the thing, yeah. really were passionate about. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, their aesthetics. I love their... Even the
0: way they did the space. Yes. It's focused on the coffee.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. But it's still beautiful. Right. It's just so simply beautiful. Even you know, if you go in there and you look at the ceiling, mm-hmm. which I don't know how many people go in there and they look at the ceiling, but it's, you know, like black and white detailing on the walls mm-hmm. with the plants and the wood and, you know, the the metal of the chairs and stuff, but then if you look at the ceiling, it's like, I think the darker red color still with the fans and I've I've even like paid attention to the track lighting in there Mm -hmm. and stuff and there are little details that maybe not everyone notices, but it definitely plays into part of the whole experience. So every little bit of what you put out there to people counts and you know, of course the product and the passion right. towards that one thing but the, the whole experience from the moment they step through well, the door. Well as a
0: fan of speakeasy yeah. and as someone who has sort of watched from afar I'd, I've never walked in the studio and, and like known my instructor personally right yeah. like I come in as a stranger mm-hmm. and uh, I have to say just kudos to you and your whole team because not only does it appear to an outsider like me to just be run very very well and with love but yet professionalism the the classes are just great they're well attended you can tell people are really getting a lot out of it not just physically but in other ways too and so have to give you kudos for that thanks so do you ever reflect on or or what does it mean to you Uh, whether you realize it or not, you're a part of this downtown resurgence. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, I'm not breaking any news nowadays when I um, speak from the rooftops about New Dayton and how it's thriving. And we've talked, you know, if you don't believe me, listen to our interviews on season one, but everybody's talking about it. Housing is thriving. Businesses are coming here. Mm -hmm. And the businesses that are here, like Speakeasy, um, become as I call them household names. Like Speakeasy is a household name. If you talk about downtown Dayton and what's cool in downtown, Speakeasy comes up. <laughs> so as a lifelong Daytonian, what does that mean to you?
1: Uh, it's it's really fun because I've watched the whole you know resurgence of downtown Dayton. Um, mm-hmm. It just even in the past ten years, I think about that really specifically because I got a few of my tattoos at Bluebird Tattoo Studio uh, when I was, I think I was 20, 21 at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember coming down for one of my appointments. It was about seven o'clock at night. It was dark and I was scared. Uh, You know, Mm I was a young woman and Mm -hmm. very nervous and not familiar with urban environments, especially alone going into tattoo studios. But I have lived in South Park now for Mm -hmm. six years this month and bluebird is like three blocks from my house yep. and you know i've seen how much of That's a quite shift the change, yes right? has happened to go and from not
0: not yeah. sure if you should be there to living there
1: yes so, yeah yeah big shift. Uh, and i i love urban environments so much i actually i love dayton because it's just just urban enough I it's not this massive city right. yeah because i'll go to New York, I've been to New York a couple times in the past year to go and take different yoga classes mm-hmm. to get a little bit of inspiration and stuff. And I go and it's so much fun, but it's so overstimulating. So, crowded. so busy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I come back here and I'm like, this is so nice to be able to walk to everything, to mm-hmm. enjoy being downtown, but not be so overwhelmed. I still, I'm excited to see it grow and expand yeah. more. And honestly, I've even seen that more since we opened our Wheelhouse location on Wayne when mm-hmm. Troll Pub opened, which is a totally different genre of restaurant, you know, right. than what is down here. Great variety, but it's bringing in more people mm-hmm. from the suburbs too. So I'm I'm seeing this happen, and I'm seeing you know people from not in, immediately in the downtown area come right. down here. Find out all of the cool things that are here. All of these great businesses that are open by people mm-hmm. who are passionate about rebuilding this area Absolutely. and seeing the value of it, uh, and that is exciting. So to be mm-hmm. a part of that, I I'm thrilled. Yeah, honestly. And whenever I hear that people are coming here from Centerville or yeah. <laughs> Beaver Creek, yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We means didn't necessarily plan it this
0: way, but kind of it's interesting that. So many of our interviews for season one of New Dayton, the podcast, it's people who grew up here. It's not why we chose them. We chose them because of the businesses or the Mm. movements that they're a part of. It just so happens, coincidentally or not, that so many people that are part of bringing Dayton back or ushering in, that's a good way of saying ushering in the new era of Dayton, which is why we call it New Dayton, they're from here. Yeah. You know, Joe had at Century Bar, grew up in West Carrollton, you, Beaver Creek, mm-hmm. uh, Brett, local, Beaver Creek, and, yeah. and, and the area. So it's not a coincidence. People Mm-mm. grow up here, they, they see something they like. I call Dayton a big little town,
1: mm-hmm. a
0: big little city, but it's also just this canvas
1: it really is. You
0: know, I I wish I was more artistic than I am, but I think. But of it is.
1: It, it's a canvas. It's it's really waiting to just be given more detail mm-hmm. and be painted more beautifully by all the people yeah. who have the potential to bring that.
0: And just like to you this saw area. amazing studios everywhere you went, you brought that here. And just like yeah. Brett saw amazing coffee in New York, he brought that here. Well,
1: you see a need for mm-hmm. something, you know, and if you can bring it, then why not and allow people to experience it? That people who may not have the chance to go to the bigger cities or don't want to live in the bigger cities which is all fine you know either way Uh, so it it's really been an amazing time so far
0: well I personally think that yoga studios play such an important role in their communities Um, it's a different It's a different vibe. It's a different sort of feel for people than just your typical gym, right, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. People come to them to learn, to grow, to gain perspective. Uh, Oftentimes people maybe move to tears just in uh, like short bursts of meditation. Mm -hmm. So all things considered, what do you hope? I know it's kind of a heavy question, but what do you hope, number one, that Speakeasy gives or provides to its guests or, or what experience do you hope they have? That's a
1: good question.
0: I know it's a, it's kind yeah. of something we maybe should have prepped you for. No,
1: but. it's okay. Um, I always talk to the teachers whenever there's either someone new coming on board or I'm training teachers. and We talk about the fact that we're not trying to um, dictate what sort of experience people are going to have. Obviously, we want it to be a relatively positive one. We can mm-hmm. kind of put that blanket over it. Right. But we want to be open and specific in some ways, but not so specific that it veers them out of the mm-hmm. zone of being able to have whatever experience they're going to have. Mm-hmm. And I oftentimes in class, we'll talk about how I want people to just walk out feeling a little bit better than when they walked mm-hmm. in. But at the same time, that's not always the case. It's hard to achieve. Yeah. Re- mm-hmm. But realistically, is that you might come in here and have an experience that drums up some stuff yeah. that maybe you were trying to Keep push down. Yeah. Keep down. Yeah, yeah. And then you're forced to look at it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um so I think I think I want people to overall just kinda uh allow themselves like the permission to have whatever experience they're gonna have.
0: Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, not try to attach themselves right. to one good or bad feeling. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, the practice of yoga is being able to Look at what's really there, right. um, and I, don't know, I, it's, yeah,
0: it's, I think I think it's hard as a yoga studio yeah. to achieve everything that everybody for everybody that may be yeah. in the room that day. Yeah. Because as someone who goes oh, to yoga, so sometimes, sometimes you're there person. to just try to help out like a, a sore hammy. Yeah. Sometimes you're yeah. there to like release some stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and it, it's tough because uh, a lot of times people won't show up. The harder The situation is that they're going through in life oftentimes they will not want to show up because Mm -hmm. they don't want to face it and i understand like my dad was in the hospital a year and a half ago like Mm -hmm. kind of severely some heart issues and we were all very worried and we were spending a lot of time at the hospital with him Mm -hmm. and i mean he's great now thank thank god but uh that week was really hard and at one point my mom was like you guys need to go do your thing and i wasn't teaching i had all my classes covered so i could be there but I was like, I think I'm going to go to the 545 class, and it was rough to be in that class because then I was forced to be quiet with myself with no real distractions. I mean, the movement itself can be a distraction, but not enough of a distraction to Mm -hmm. distract me from what was happening, and so that was like a very emotionally rough class to go through, Uh, but I was glad that I did it, you know, because I knew that I needed to move my body and to breathe a little right. bit deeper than I had been right. instead of holding my breath and being really worried. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, th- I think that it's not always going to be the most positive experience, but I mm-hmm. think that we need to be able to have those not positive experiences sure. too. And, um
0: it's like having the difficult conversations. In yeah, your life. You yeah, have and to you need have those with yourself. With yourself too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that,
1: those are actually the most important ones that yeah. you need to be able to have. Is to face yourself. Like, yeah. you know, we need to be able to look at ourselves in the mirror. We need to be able to be honest with ourselves about where we are, what we're doing, mm-hmm. um, in in still a kind and compassionate way. And that's what a lot of the practice of yoga, I think, teaches us and gives us all these tools outside of just the asana practice, mm-hmm. is how to how to manage ourselves, how to manage what we feel, how to deal with unpleasant thoughts or thoughts being all over the place. So great. Um,
0: People who think the price of yoga is too high don't realize that how much you're getting out of it. It's not just yoga, it's not just stretching, it's not just a great sweat. It's like therapy. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's almost like
0: a yoga and Uh the therapy's free.
1: Yeah, and you know you go to therapy and if you guys have been to a therapist before, Mm -hmm. often, really, the therapist is asking you questions a lot of times to yes, get you to say these answers for yourself and you're like, Oh, I had it all along. I just needed someone to help me like dig it up, Uh you know, do that excavation a little bit to oh, you know, light bulb, there Mm -hmm. it is. So I, I think that that can happen on a yoga mat too. Yeah. I think it can happen in many different ways. People just have to find out what form of therapy right. <laughs> works for That's them, sure. what type of movement therapy works for them. I just love yoga because it is so multifaceted in the sense that, I mean, I'm an avid, like I go to rinse cycle, at, like my sister teaches at rinse cycle, yeah. you know, and I do cardio classes and I love fitness just in general, but yoga is not just fitness. Yeah, the asana classes can be and sweaty and pose a good workout for sure but then there are the seven other limbs of yoga and then many details within those that encourage us to look at our lives a little deeper and how we are maneuvering through it um and that that's where the real work comes into so it it feels like it supports people all the time not just the 60 minutes that they're in class yeah like
0: we talked about in the beginning getting Mm -hmm. off the mat yeah. Every time an instructor says the words, knee to nose, yeah. um, it just became a workout for me. Yeah. <laughs> knee to nose, or knee to elbow, yeah. or knee to tricep up we and down. We do a lot of those. Yeah. I, and it's like, oh, this is a workout for the next couple of uh-huh. minutes. This is hard.
1: Yes, it is good. hard. But also, there is benefit in doing a hot, sweaty, power yoga class because we're stepping on the mat and intentionally challenging ourselves. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not for everyone. Like I said, you know, different types of yoga for different people. Um, and do I even think everyone should be doing hot yoga? No, absolutely not. You right. know, There are many reasons to not do hot power yoga, but um, I love it because I step on the mat and I'm like, I am putting myself almost intentionally in a chaotic state where I'm like, oh shit, can I do this? Yeah. You know, uh, this is hard. Ditto. And you have to try to maintain this it's sense toughness. of calm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But also a lot of times you walk out feeling like you have moved through something mm-hmm. that may maybe you weren't sure you can move through, or you breathe a little deeper through, you know, a two-minute long warrior two or something that you just feel like you can't make it through and you stay just a little right. bit longer than you think you can. And then the next time you come up on some crazy mm-hmm. challenge, you know, outside off the mat, you're like. Just breathing
0: through it, yeah, you somehow, magically. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to, trying to get there. Yeah, <laughs> we all are. couple of little quick things here. Yeah. What do you wish more people knew about Dayton?
1: just how cool it is. <laughs>
0: no, I say the I word cool too much. Yeah, no, also. it's okay.
1: It, it is just how uh, appealing it is. And, uh, you know, there are these little pockets where I love, um, I love architecture. And yeah. that's one of my favorite things about traveling to other cities and especially cities that are old, mm-hmm. um, seeing, being able to see that history. The way Even, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there are different spots of date where you see these old buildings and even when i look at the brick wall in here mm-hmm. i'm like man what was it i'm pretty sure this was like a mustard cannery wow yeah which is i love mustard so that's great oh, that works. it worked out yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i look at these walls and think about you know what what has been here before and who who, that's who what I yeah, about, yeah yes like what were these people doing were they mm-hmm. enjoying life you know mm-hmm. you can get so deep into it and it's yeah
0: my just, grandfather his both of his grandfathers worked downtown in the twenties. And so for me, I always walk downtown and wonder
1: They walked it down they had here. To, right. Yeah. They
0: walked by that wall that I'm walking yeah. by right now and it goes like that. Mm-hmm.
1: So Yeah, just... I, I think sometimes we just get so overstimulated with other things that you know, the general day to day that oftentimes we just miss the little little pieces of mm. um, beauty that that show that we we came from something more than just our worries that we're having every day, uh, and just getting caught up in all of our busyness of the things that we have to do. And so I I love just being out down here and seeing yeah. that history because I mean I love the suburbs and how quiet it is when I go out to my parents' house in Beaver Creek. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little retreat almost sure. to go sit on their back deck out in the woods and love that. But. The history is not really there, and that's why I love cities, and having things condensed and a lot of people working together right there to make it awesome. So I I just love seeing more people come down and experience it and realize that it's here.
0: That's what we're trying to do with the podcast, so good answer. (laughs) Um, So a couple little quick quick words. I haven't done this with anybody yet, so let's see how it goes with you. But I want you to tell me who or what comes to mind when I say these words.
1: Okay. So kind of short. Oh, all right.
0: Number one. The first one's easy. Creativity.
1: Oh, uh, probably uh, my fiance, Ben. Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was trying to get him on the third one. but <laughs> okay. All right. We'll I don't know. One. He'll
1: probably come to mind a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's a good
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah. All right. Um, peace. P-E-A-C-E.
1: Um, some of the women on my team. Cool. I would say I don't know if I want to name names they all embody it in their own different ways uh, but there are a couple of them that I aspire to be mm-hmm. a little bit um, a little bit more like myself that's a good answer yeah
0: all right the the last one wedding
1: oh Ben <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was yeah. yeah yeah that's happening all <laughs> so. Right,
0: so we'll talk about Ben that was segue into yeah. ben, So um probably eight years ago or so i heard ben do a cover of a uh, ben rivet yeah my fiance yeah bjsr yes music uh did a cover of a kanye west song gold digger back when kanye <laughs> was not kanye he was yeah. kanye west he wasn't like yeah. kardashian uh-huh. kanye like it was still well not that it's not cool to like kanye now but I was blown away that here's this little white dude in the middle of Dayton doing a Kanye cover, Gold Digger probably, Uh on a loop machine with his own beatboxing, I think. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, where do I buy your album? (laughs) I just loved it. i was like... He is my spirit animal yeah. right there. Yeah. And and uh, I was blown away. Yeah. So talk to me about Ben.
1: Uh so I probably had a similar experience as you. Okay. Um, I am my actually only one
0: of us is marrying him. Though. Right. Okay.
1: <laughs> He's mine. Yeah, Back off. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh I my first my first first memory of Ben, kind of funny. We were at practice yoga, the studio that we met at in the Oregon mm-hmm. district that, you know, closed um, right before we opened kind of you know sp- spurring us to open. Okay. Uh, he we practiced mat like mat by mat, like in a line, in a row. So, you know, you just have people beside you, not in front or behind you. And he was like two mats down and I didn't really know who he was, but in the middle of class he like got up and walked into the back. And then walk back out and he had like two tissues like stuck up his nose. Because I didn't know at the time, but he has really bad allergies. Oh. So he would get bloody noses. And that was like, I just remember that clear as day. Yeah. But then I took a first Friday class at practice okay. and he played music in oh, it. Cool. And so I remember taking those classes and how fun it was that he was looping and doing this, you know, thing that he does in class. So mm-hmm. then I saw him perform at places like Dublin Pub mm-hmm. um, and south park pizza tavern and stuff like that right uh so i was uh smitten that's for sure and then we started to get to know each other because him and my mom actually did their foundational teacher training together at practice yoga yeah so my mom knew him pretty well too so it's funny they have like a whole other type of like friendship relationship because they were in this ten person teacher training. They like text, like,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah like
1: he he has always felt very comfortable calling her Joni, you that know? Cool. Like because he almost knew her just as well as he knew me, That's you know, when cool we were story. becoming friends. And I was teaching at the studio during uh-huh. that time too. So I got to know him more, and my dad uh, loves watching him perform too. My dad is a huge music buff, nice. so uh, they would. My parents would always want to go with me That's to funny. go see Ben play out at the different places oh, around town. It's
0: just like he's walked into such a great situation. Like yeah. they already <laughs> like him. Yeah, yeah. They're impressed by him. Oh, yeah, I
1: remember showing my dad his music in the office at their house, and my dad just turned around to me in his, you know, office chair, and just looks at me and he goes, "So." What are you gonna do? And <laughs> I was like, Oh, please don't say this yeah, to me because so I have funny. this huge crush on him and he doesn't really like me yet. Uh-huh. So
0: that's not what I he, heard. So, uh, way back in the day, I knew somebody who knew him.
1: Yeah. And
0: he was around dating all the time. And then he wasn't around. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, What, what whatever happened to that bang guy? Yeah. Where's he at? They're like, He's in love with this girl. <laughs>
1: that was probably after we started doing no, the No, it go was with the flow you. Stuff. No,
0: it was before I think. Uh,
1: we, we kind of expressed interest in each other, but um, he he was kind of dating someone else at the time that I knew full Mm -hmm. disclosure. She's like married and has a baby now and lives on the other side of the world. So she's very happy. But, um, at the time I knew her and I was like, Whoa, I'm going to back off. So we started just, you know, continuing our friendship. And then we, kind of stumbled upon these go with the flow classes. It yeah. just like randomly happened. So he, whose
0: idea was it? So go he, with the flow is the thing we talked about earlier. It's Ben's music yes. and your instruction. Yes. And we traveled the country, the world almost doing this, not we, you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so.
0: Whose idea was it? It was
1: his, cause he had played some classes for okay. uh, Kathy, the owner of practice yoga. And then we started to become closer friends and he knew I liked his music. And he was like, oh, well can I play music in your class? And I was like. Yeah, okay, that would be fine. I yeah. was worried it was going to be distracting, and it Full was. Full disclosure,
0: I've been to several yoga classes, and I've never had live music, so it would be kind of a new thing for yeah. people.
1: Yeah, so I I was worried it would be distracting. The first class, I actually taught two classes that day. I taught at noon, and he played, and it was fun, and it was fine, and then he's like, well, my stuff's already set up, so maybe I'll play in the class you're subbing at 5.30, so he plays in class and he was like, I'm going to try something out. I'm going to mm. play one long song, right? Okay. And I, he's, he like was, 60
0: minutes. Yeah, he's like, wow. I'm worried
1: that people are going to get bored, but I'm going to try it out. So we get to middle of class. Everyone's in tree pose. And I'm, all, you know, you've know, you practiced here. We're mm. always cueing this like consistent inhale and exhale. Mm-hmm. Well, I get him to tree pose and I stop cueing and he kind of drops everything, but the beat is still going and everyone is breathing in time with each other.
0: On beat on That's beat good. and i was oh, like wow.
1: ooh what's happening and he happened to record that class wow it is still online it's like 70 minutes of music huh. very simplified go with the flow Video music Video or audio on that? audio oh
0: cool
1: and he got home that night he's like I think this is really cool. I'm going to call it Go with The Flow. And originally, like five months before this, he actually reached out to me before we really knew each other. And he was asking me for um, contacts in Cincinnati to go play music in other teachers' yoga classes. So yeah. he always thought... He was wanting
0: he, to do this thing. Yeah.
1: He yeah. thought he was just going to travel around to different studios because mm-hmm. at the time, like, DJ classes and stuff were really popular where DJs uh-huh. would just travel around and do it. Okay. Um, but we worked so well together. And I had this really big network of yoga teacher friends around the country from doing this training where I had to travel to go to these different modules that I went to one of my trainings that same month and I was down in uh, or I was in Wisconsin and I was kind of like I don't really know what this is but does anyone want to hire us (laughs) like we're Ben's already going on tour down to South by Southwest in Austin so like here's where our stops are and so we booked four classes and we taught those classes and then literally it just it kind of took off from That's there stubborn. so we've taught over 350 of these classes
0: unbelievable and so yeah. currently so the weddings is in the fall of 2019 i won't tell yeah. people exactly when. <laughs> uh, it's a celebrity it's date and celebrity wedding <laughs> i don't want people uh what do you call it crashing it but so we won't, it's fall of 19 people it's yes. coming yeah well i want to wish you the best as you continue to Thank grow you. the speakeasy community and as you move towards what I'm sure will be such an amazing celebrity wedding, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being part of New Dayton.
1: <laughs> thank you.
0: You're welcome. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation, share it with your friends, uh, take a screenshot on your phone, post it on Instagram to your story or to your feed. Post a shot on Facebook. Please help us spread the word about New Dayton. You can also subscribe to the podcast. You can leave us a review. And I want to give a special thank you to Katie Matthews for producing and editing the podcast. And a thank you and a shout out to John Waldron who created all of the music for the podcast. Also, last thing, if you have a guest recommendation, please connect with me on Instagram chip underscore james or email me at chipjames at gmail.com oh and one last last thing check out the website choosingdaton.com forward slash new dayton thanks again